Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. Mentoring relationships without structure can fail fast. With the right structure, they can thrive. That's what I discuss in this episode with Lisa Fain. Lisa spends her time thinking about how to create more inclusive workplaces through mentoring. She is the CEO of Center for Mentoring Excellence, a global speaker, and an executive coach. She is the co-author of Bridging Differences for Better Mentoring in the third edition of The Mentor's Guide. We discuss how to avoid the pair and prey structure of mentoring programs, the three components of successful mentoring relationships, the importance of having multiple mentors for different purposes in life, and more golden nuggets of advice. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Lisa. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you making the time. I'm so excited to be here and talk to you today, Mark. And I'd love to jump right in. We're going to talk about structured mentoring, which is one of the things I love about your programs, that there's structure to them and guidance. I'd love to also start with, what do you think most mentoring programs do wrong? Yeah. So most mentoring programs have what I call pair and pray, as in pair people and pray that it succeeds. Instead, you know, and, and they do that really with the assumption that, you know, because people are mentoring uh, conversations and they're talking about what it is that they've learned and what it is that they know that they don't need much guidance to do it. But instead, um, the structure, as you mentioned, is something that is so, so, so critical. So it doesn't, it's not about a prescription path. It's not about prescribing structure. It's about co-creating structure, mentors and mentees, learning how to um, negotiate, to talk about the terms of their own mentoring relationship so mm-hmm. they can provide structure and hold themselves accountable. When you say terms of the mentoring relationship, what do you mean by that? Um, well, it could be a whole bunch of things. It could be as simple as how often are we going to meet, where, when, who's going to schedule it. It could be um, how are we going to structure our time together? Are we going to spend time catching up and connecting before we talk about goals? It could be boundaries. It could be boundaries on um, when we meet, but also boundaries on what we talk about. Um, It could be um, uh, checking in and how we're going to handle feedback. There's all different elements of structure that are important. You mentioned feedback. Yeah. Attached to that is building trust and being able to get honest feedback. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because it's not, it, I don't think it does any good for someone to have a rah-rah cheerleader mentor that's just always like, yay! What, yeah. How do you build trust? Well, you know, you're so right that trust is a precondition to effective feedback. And I think where a lot of people go wrong, and this answers both questions at once, right? Where a lot of people go wrong is that they assume that because they're in this mentoring relationship, they can freely give feedback that will be eagerly and warmly received, but you do have to take the time to build trust and to build the relationship. That means connecting. That means getting to know one another. That means not getting what you think right right as right down to business about the goals. In fact, the business is the connection and the business is getting to know each other. And that means um, that mentors are sharing their own challenges and their vulnerabilities and asking questions and listening and that mentees are um, sharing what their own fears and doubts are. But it also means connecting on a human level, having consistency of knowing what's going on in one another's lives and um, and connecting around that. And that builds, builds uh, a foundation of trust 
so that by the time you get to feedback, which should be, by the way, an ongoing thing, mm-hmm. I often talk about, you know, if somebody says to you, Mark, can I give you some feedback? Your reaction is either like, I want to brace for a sucker punch or can I get a glass of wine first or something, right? <laughs> like, we're so conditioned to feedback being a feedback conversation being something critical and harsh and a one-off conversation. But instead, if you build that trust and you have ongoing f- conversations where you have positive and negative feedback and positive feedback, as you say, isn't just attaboy, right? Positive yeah. feedback is, Mark, um, you know, the way that you've been marketing your books is really brilliant. I think, the, you know, and being really specific about, you know, the way that you have the, the, um, sentence phrase is really captures people's attention or something like that, that that is really specific as opposed to just rah, rah, go. Now, Mm -hmm. being a cheerleader is important. It's important for mentees to know that mentors are in their corner, but it has to be specific feedback and it has to be balanced, positive and critical feedback. And one more piece about feedback uh, just before uh, we go on. Uh, You can tell I could talk about this all day. I love it. That... um, Feedback in a mentoring relationship is actually a two-way thing. So when you have a healthy mentoring relationship, mentees can provide feedback to the mentors about what's working, what's not working, what they want to see more of, what they want to see less of in the mentoring relationship. So that two-way feedback is really important and, again, can only happen once you've built that rapport, connection, and trust. Well, with two-way feedback in a two-way street, you mentioned something just now that I found really interesting. You mentioned that mentors need to share vulnerability too. I've heard it a lot with the mentees because if you're not vulnerable, you can't get help. But what do you mean by mentors sharing vulnerability? You know, giving the, the wisdom and just kind of spewing about my own journey to the mentee. Instead, mentees are facilitating the learning of the mentors, which means that um the, they need to have that connection. They need to really understand that mentees really need to understand that their mentors have had their own journey. And we hear over and over and over again from mentees that what made all the difference in building a trusting relationship was knowing that their mentor had challenges all along the way. I mean, if you think about it, think about how many times in your own career you felt like you're you're dealing with challenges and you're all alone or you're not doing something right and you're going to screw it all up and there's no real future or whatever we all we tend to catastrophize our own mistakes mm-hmm. but knowing that your mentors have been through challenges really helps you put those mistakes in perspective um, and those doubts in perspective and gives you a sense of not just connecting with your mentor but uh, a sense of humility and perspective about your own struggles well, it sounds like you're touching on something else that we spoke about in our last conversation, which is co-owning the relationship. When you talk about co-owning a relationship, what does that mean? Yeah. So um, here's the thing that there's mentoring really has three components. It has a learning component. It has um, the, the a component of reciprocity and it has a component of co-creation. And without those three things, you can't really have an effective mentoring relationship, learning, co-creation, and reciprocity. So Mm. we can talk about the other ones first, the other ones in a bit, but let's talk about co-creation, which is what you asked about. You know, let's assume a one-on-one mentoring relationship, although there's certainly plenty of other uh, ways now that you can have effective mentoring relationships. But assuming a one-on-one mentoring relationship, I like to say that there's funny math, which is one plus one equals three. 
That means that in the mentoring relationship, you've got the mentor, that's number one, the mentee, that's number two, and then the mentoring relationship that they both co-own, that's number three. And so what happens is the mentor and the mentee are co-creating the terms of the relationship by setting the agreements and the structure that we talked about, by having ongoing feedback, by working on mutually defined goals. These are all ways that the mentoring relationship is co-created by the mentor and the mentee. And that creates buy-in, it creates accountability, it creates investment, it creates safety. It's really mm -hmm. a beautiful, beautiful component of the mentoring relationship. Well, once co-creation gets underway, could you speak to the other two? Yeah, so um, reciprocity. This is, um, you know, we know intuitively that mentees gain a lot from mentoring relationships. And the, the data certainly supports both the career and the psychosocial gains for mentees. Um, maybe the mentor's gains are less obvious, but what we know from the data is that mentors become better leaders. They feel more invested in their career. They gain greater cultural competency and cross-generational understanding. Um, and there really is data that show that the more people mentor, the better leaders they become. So it's true that mentors give and mentees get, but it's equally true that uh, mentees give and mentors get. And this is important for a lot of different reasons. Number one, and perhaps the most um, obvious, is that um, it's not just the mentee creating a burden on a ment mentor's time. You know, many I hear from many mentees, oh, I have this issue I want to talk to my mentor about, but I don't want to bother them. I don't want to burden them. And we know that actually it's a gift to invest in mentoring, a gift to your mentor and a gift to yourself if you're a mentee um, to do that because the mentor really is gaining all of these things. Uh, and of course, there's the satisfaction of giving uh, back as well, but it's not just that. There really are concrete gains. So that's re that's reciprocity. Mm -hmm. And the third is learning. So, you know, I hear over and over again, um, you know, that, uh, you know, I've got um, a mentor and all I do, all we do is go out to lunch or uh, my mentee and I, you know, we don't really know what to talk about. We just have these random conversations. It's not that those random conversations don't have value, but it's not really mentoring unless there's learning. We like to say um, at Center for Mentoring Excellence, my company, that learning is the purpose, it's the product, and it's the process of mentoring. Learning is the purpose, the process, and the product of mentoring. And without learning, it's not really a relation, uh, mentoring relationship. It may be something else. There's value to relationships that aren't learning relationships. But if you want to really harness the power of mentoring, it has to be a learning relationship where there's learning on the part of the mentee and learning on the part of the mentor. What kind of, what are some examples of learning for both sides of the fence? Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> countless, right? So let's think about an entrepreneurial uh, context, right? The learning may be, um, um, it all depends on what goals the the uh, mentee and the mentor set together, right? So maybe the reason I'm getting I'm having a mentor is so that I can learn how to um, create systems and scale my business, right? So there's learning mm -hmm. involved in that. And the mentor is probably going to learn a whole new perspective um, while helping to guide my learning on that. Um, maybe it's um, uh, learning about a whole new industry or targeting a different market. Or um, 
working on my brand or um, my voice as a writer. I mean, there could be all different kinds of learning there. And I, I honestly think it's endless and it's infinite. Um, and, uh, you know, it depends on the context in which you're working. And I want to say this, that I think is really, really important. And I think would be valuable for um, this conversation and the folks who are listening, which is it's important not to just have one mentor throughout the course of your life, right? There, there are lots of different mentors for lots of different purposes. And so um, that's what's exciting about what, what the learning could be about, right? I might have a mentor in the context of parenting or, and then a mentor in the context of uh, my business in terms of uh, branding or sales or industry specific in the learning and development mentoring industry. I mean, there's lots of different different ways you can have that learning. And in fact, having mentors for different contexts and different modalities, peer mentors, uh, uh, what some people call reverse mentors, we call complementary mentors, where somebody more junior is mentoring me. Um, lots of different uh, formations um, and lots of different ways you can learn from one another. If someone wants to be a mentor, where do they get started? Because a lot of people will say, we'll, we'll touch on how to find a mentor, but if someone says, yeah. I really want to give back, where could they get started? Well, the first thing is to just do some self-reflection. I think people so often start with like, how do I find a mentee? But the self-reflection piece is really key. And that's actually the same answer for a mentee as it is for a mentor is really thinking about what's your own mentoring experience been like, what's worked for you? What is it that you think you have to offer and why? Why do you want to be a mentor? So that would be um, that would be sort of the, the pre-step, right, mm -hmm. to, to finding a mentee. Um, you know, there are certainly uh, mentoring programs in various um, uh, associations, but you don't have to rely on a mentoring program to find a mentee. So look around, see, start to have conversations with people um, who, you know, uh, the, pick, the people who call and say, can I pick your brain? Mm -hmm. You don't want to assume that you're going to be a mentor, but have initial conversations where you um, see if there's if there's a learning fit, where you you indicate that you have some um, uh, uh, belief and faith and excitement about the journey that this person uh, might be going on and offer yourself. I wouldn't say, hey, I'm available to be your mentor, mm -hmm. but I might say, you know, uh, Mark, I, um, I love what you're doing and I love this conversation. And if I can be helpful, provide some guidance at any stage, you know, let me know that. And then when you reach out, we might say, gosh, you know, this is, this is looking valuable. Uh, this is a, a valuable conversation and I'm learning a lot from it too. Um, if you, I don't know if you're looking uh, for a mentor for to formalize a mentoring relationship, but that's something that I might be open to. You never want to force yourself uh, mm -hmm. on something to say, okay, I'm here as your mentor. Let's have a, let's have a mentoring conversation right now. Right? <laughs> it has to be something that the mentee is seeking out. So when mentee is seeking out a relationship, what's, what's that side of the coin? How do they, outside of a structured program where it's assumed you're going to be a mentor and be a mentee, out in the world, how do they approach mentors or potential mentors, I should say? Yeah. So I'm going to take a step back and just uh, kind of rewind to what I said about mentors because it's extra, extra important for mentees. Before a mentee says, who should be my mentor? What do I want to learn? What are the qualities that I'm looking for in a mentor? Um, what do I want the mentoring relationship to look like? And the reason that it's important to to ask yourself those what questions before you ask yourself the who question is because it's really easy to get caught up in charisma, right? Or chemistry oh, as opposed yeah. to 
thinking about, remember, mentoring is at its heart a learning relationship. So you have to think about your learning goals first, and then you can determine the match. So similar to what I said about a mentor finding a mentee. So what I might do is I might determine what it is I want to learn. Let's say um, for the purpose of this conversation, I want to learn um, how to amplify uh, my brand. And I know that I want a mentor who's walked the same journey, who um, uh, maybe has done that while balancing a family too, and who's going to give me some tough, uh, who's going to push me, keep me accountable. Okay? Mm-hmm. I've thought about those things. And then I um, want to be asking, who do I know? Not who do I know who necessarily has those qualities, but who do I know who may know people who have these qualities? Oh, I like that. Right? And then I'm not going to call, somebody recommends Mark Carter. I'm not going to call up Mark Carter and say, Mark, I'm Lisa Fain. Will you mentor mentor me? It's like asking for marriage on the first date. You don't want to do that, right? You want to, I might say, oh, hey, Mark, my friend Allie recommended that I uh, reach out for you. I know you've been doing this um, branding thing for a bit. Can I um, have 15 to 20 minutes of your time and just hear a little bit more about your journey? And then we can see, I can see if it's a fit. I could follow up after that conversation and say, Mark, you know, you recommended I did X, Y, and Z, and I did that, and I had, um, you know, a lot of luck. Can we have another conversation where we I figure out how to take this further? And then I might say, oh, yeah, Mark doesn't have um, either the time or the interest in mentoring me. Um, or I might say, yeah, this might actually be, he, you might actually be a fit. And so then I could reach out and I could say, you know, I've really enjoyed our conversations. I'm actually looking for a a mentor. and I'd love to see if we could formalize this a little bit. Is that something you'd be open to? And what would that look like for you? So it should happen organically. Is that what you're saying? It shouldn't just be the forest. I completely agree about marriage on the first date. And that's one of the analogies that I use when I'm sharing that with people. So are you saying it should, the right approach outside of a structured program is organic? Well, I think it's intentional. And then I think you let it unfold organically. I think just to say it's organic um, uh, undersells the intentionality around it. If you want to have somebody be your mentor eventually, you need to drive the learning relationship by continuing to approach, you know, not waiting to see, oh, when are they going to call me the next day, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. You really want to be able to follow up. You want to be intentional about following up. You want to be intentional about the learning. You want to be intentional about evaluating whether this person meets the criteria that you set for yourself in terms of what you want to learn um, and uh, what the criteria, what the qualities of the mentor are. So yes, organically, as long as it's organically plus intentionally. Like the, I like the word intentionally. And I like that you said it's also not just about asking someone to be your mentor or assuming someone would. But a starting point, if I hear you correctly, could be that you're going to friends say, who do you know that has these qualities? Not necessarily direct to the mentor. Totally. In fact, it becomes like a mantra. You know, a while back, I was looking for a mentor in thought leadership. I'd say, I'm great. I'm actually looking for, I'm working on my thought leadership stuff. I'm actually looking for a mentor in that space. Do you know anybody? And it was just like, um, kind of like a mantra. And eventually some names came up and, you know, you go from there. But um, it has to be, you have to be, put yourself out there and express that intentionality about what it is you want to learn and what it is you're looking for in that learning relationship. We've covered a lot of ground in a short period of time. If someone's interested, either mentors or mentees or both, 
maybe it's something we already discussed you want to reinforce or something new what would the one thing if you're if you want to have successful mentoring relationships you would say just do this one thing to get started what would you tell people the most important aspect of a men successful mentoring relationship is it's the structure it's it's taking the time at the beginning of the mentoring relationship to in include uh what for some people may feel formal what some people for some people may feel even a little bit forced but taking the time to really have that conversation once you've established a mentoring relationship about what is this going to look like set it sets the expectations of the mentor and the mentee you know you can't meet expectations that you don't know exist so really having those conversations about what are your expectations is really really critical and I know you asked me for one, Mark, but I'm going to give you two. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing in a mentoring relationship is learning. So keep at the forefront your learning goals. Keep at the forefront what it is you want to get out of this mentoring relationship from a learning perspective. And then you can always circle back to that. And I think you'll find that you get both the um, accountability and the momentum and the immense gains that mentoring can provide if you do that. Thank you for the time. If someone wants to find you online, where's the best place to go? Is it the website, LinkedIn? What's the best place to find you? Well, I am on LinkedIn, Lisa Z. Fain, but also centerformentoring.com. Center spelled the American way, C-E-N-T-E-R, for mentoring.com. Thank you for the time. This has been excellent, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. It was a joy for me too. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.